The Eagles have their offensive line coaches. They go outside of the organization to bring in a name that has quite the history. We're going to get into who this guy is, what he could bring to Eagles, and is this an upgrade from Matt Applebaum or not? All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Let's jump right in and start talking about this. On Thursday, Boston College hired their new offensive line coach, and it's Dave Guglielmo, a very, very seasoned veteran who has coached all over the NFL and college ranks. Now, if you've never heard of him, he's had time with the Patriots, the Giants, the Jets, the Miami Dolphins, the Chargers, South Carolina, and most recently, he was the offensive line coach for Louisiana Tech. Now, let's kind of dive into his history and get into what he has and hasn't done. So he started off as a uh, football player for Boston University. He's from Lexington, Massachusetts, so he's local. And he ended up starting his coaching career with BC. He was their offensive graduate assistant on the offensive line in 1991 and 1992 under Tom Coughlin. Then he went off to BU. Remember, they did at one point have a football program where he was the assistant head coach and offensive line coach. He went to the UConn, South Carolina, up until about 2003. 2004, he enters the NFL. So you're already starting to see that um, Halfley, um, the way he likes his coaches created. He's going to go from college to the pros. He's got a smattering of both. He goes to the Giants. He's there for four years. He wins a Super Bowl with the Giants, and they beat the Patriots. He was an assistant offensive line coach. Then he goes to the Dolphins, the Jets, the Patriots, the Chargers, the Dolphins, the Colts, the Dolphins, the Giants, and then Louisiana Tech. So look at this, and he's had some success. Uh, his offensive line with the Colts was really good. He had one really good year with the Patriots. But I'm not just going to read you the dates. I want to dive in and tell you some of the things that happened. Because when I look at his career, when I look at Guglielmo's career, the fact that he's been at so he's coached for 30 years, but he's been at like 15 different spots. And is that something to be concerned about that this guy has never really stuck at one place? So I did a little bit of digging. I wanted to find out why he was let go at some of the places that he was hired at. So I looked back and, you know, you look at some of the teams he was on and there's some, uh, Pretty putrid teams on his resume. I mean, the Jets were terrible. Uh, the Chargers were not very good when he was there. But the stories start getting interesting when you look at like a team like the Patriots, right? So his first year, he ha- he was very good. That's the year the Patriots won the Super Bowl. They were one of the top offensive lines in the country. They let up a few amount of sacks. They were very, very good. Um, then 2015 was the year that the Patriots played the San, uh, sorry, the Denver Broncos in the playoffs. Tom Brady was hit 20 times and sacked five times. But after the game, Bill Belichick blamed everybody and then fired Guglielmo, DeGuglielmo the next day. He was gone within a day. 
I mean, after a performance like that, when you get your star quarterback slaughtered like that, that is um, not uncommon. However, you look at that, that if you are a Patriots fan, you go back and look at what happened to that offensive line that year. I mean, they lost Nate Solder. There was a bunch of patchwork offensive linemen there. He got fired, and then they brought in Dante Sarnecchia, who was like Bill Belichick's like offensive line guru. So it could have been a bad year. It could also have been just a lot of bad things happening. So I continued looking. Indiana Indianapolis Colts. The BC uh, press release pra- praises his work there, his work with Quentin Nelson, and how he became an all-pro offensive lineman. And, you know, they had one of the lowest sack rates that year. I was like, okay, so then why the heck did he get fired? Or did he leave? Well, again, this is not on him. Dave Dugliamo, D- D- Guglielmo, Dugliamo, excuse me, man, they had to pick a guy with a name that is going to be, I'm going to have to like have on a sticky note how to spell it and how to say it every time. But anyways, so he goes to the Colts, they have a good season, and then he's fired. But you look at where, why he was fired. So he, if you remember correctly, back in the uh, 2018, the Colts hired Josh McDaniels uh, from the Patriots for about nine hours. And then Josh McDaniels got cold feet and went back to the Patriots. Well, somehow in that nine hours, Josh McDaniels hired an offensive line coach, DiGuglielmo. And Frank Wright, who ended ended up taking that job after McDaniels fled back to Foxborough, kept on DiGuglielmo just out of respect for him and kept him on for the year. But after that year, there was some buzz that Reich and... Uh, DiGuglielmo didn't see eye to eye, and he fired him and added his own coach. So it wasn't like the Colts were disastrous or there was some huge issue. It was just he was hired by another coach in a very, very weird situation. Then you go to the Dolphins. He gets hired in the middle of training camp to take over from some other guy, some other offensive line coach that was not a good fit, that Brian Flores fired like basically immediately and brought in DeGuglielmo because he was a steady hand. Again, steady hand with a young offensive line. That's going to be a big deal, right? We'll talk a little bit about that in a second. So he he lasts a year there, but I think he, it sounds like from what you read, he was only brought in as kind of a stopgap. But it also says a lot to me that Flores hired him after what he saw with the Patriots. So it wasn't like just that one bad year with the Patriots. I mean, if he stunk, why would Brian Flores hire him? He saw what happened in 2015. He was there. So it doesn't make any sense to me. So he had, he, he goes to the dolphins and then he goes to Louisiana tech last year. And, um, he was only there for a year. So it's hard to gauge. I mean, uh, Mitch Wolf was sending me some of his passing block, pass block and run block stats. And it's not very impressive, but, all in all, like you can't. It's hard just to gauge. I, I, it's his his resume is weird. Like if you were going to apply for a accountant job, and your resume had a new job for thirty straight years, basically going everywhere. Like you just never were the same spot. I think the person in HR hiring you would get would would red flag that right. So that piece concerns me, <clears throat> but it's not like that in football it's it's a little weird some people are just roaming souls like there's definitely coaches that just move all over the place it's 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 a um it is a gypsy lifestyle for these people you know they get all over the place so i'm not totally um turned off by that and i'm also having a hard time reading into 
what kind of coach he's going to be. Because, like, yeah, his Louisiana Tech offensive line wasn't very good last year, but he it wasn't any of his guys. He was there for one year, and he was just thrown in. How is that going to give you any dictation on how good he is? And he went to an air raid offense. So, like, basic stat sack numbers are kind of useless because they're going back to pass all the time. Their numbers are going to be higher. So... I, I have a hard time reading this. I don't know what type of, if you know, I can see that he's very um, tenured and he's been around for 30 years. That's great. But what kind of coach will he be? Well, I'm going to tell you uh, whether I think he'll be an upgrade over Matt Applebaum in just a moment. Football season is over, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. For all the fit, your latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sporting bet, betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Go to BetOnline, where the game starts. We're talking about Dave DeGuglielmo, who is now the offensive line coach for Boston College. And Jeff Halfley spoke in a press release about him. He does not. He did not do a press conference like he did with uh, John McNulty. And he said, Dave's one of the best in the business, NFL or college, when it comes to the coaching the offensive line, said Halfley. We are thrilled to be able to land a two-time Super Bowl champion who is from the Commonwealth and has ties to Boston College. So the big question is, Will this be an upgrade from Matt Applebaum? Now, Matt Applebaum is off to Miami. He's going to be with Mike McDaniels, the new head coach who took over from Brian Flores. Will this coach be better? And I have to say, this is a huge upgrade. I'm going to say that right off the bat. This is a huge upgrade from Applebaum because look at just look at the the resumes of both of these coaches before they got there. Matt Applebaum had about four or five years as an offensive line coach at like Towson and a few other FCS schools. And, you know, maybe he had some potential, but we never saw it. I mean, I'm not going to go there and float his boat that he did really well with that offensive line. When you have Zion Johnson out there and Alec Lindstrom, you should be able to do more with that offensive line. They never did. So, that was a, a strike. Now, now compare that, that FCS heavy resume to a coach who has two Super Bowls, has coached in the NFL for 15 years, and comes highly, you know, with a lot of successful um, experience. I mean, you know, he he worked with Bill Belichick. He worked with Tom Coughlin. He worked with a whole bunch of. Um, you know, good coaches, Frank Reich, you name it, he's been there. Is this even close? I mean, the guy has worked at the highest levels, coached some of the top stars. I mean, he coached, coached Jake Long. I said Quentin Nelson before. You know, some of those uh, New England Patriots offensive linemen, he worked with them. This guy has got the experience, and what makes it – in that experience – is going to be so beneficial for the 2022 Boston College squad. Like, maybe he is going to be a Rolling Stone and last just a year for BC and then off to the whatever the next gig is for him. Having a coach with so much experience working with an offensive line that is missing, that is replacing four out of their five starters from last year is the perfect match. 
you do not want a up-and-comer from the FCS, an up-and-comer from uh, a group of five school, when you have such a monumental task in front of you. You want a guy that's been there, a guy that has done it, and a guy that can do it for you on a dime. And that is what Dave DeGuglielmo can do. He's got a young crew, and he's going to work them and use his skills and his experience to get them where they need to be. And I truly believe that is a good fit. And honestly, you know, I wasn't on board on the uh, of the I know some of you were of like get rid of Matt Applebaum, but this is like a blessing in disguise. Honestly, we have not seen Matt Applebaum was handed an offensive line with four out of five starters. You know, he didn't have to to mold Zion Johnson and Alec Winstrom. We don't know. We saw what he did with guys that have been there. Think of what he would have been like with four guys that hadn't been around, that are brand new, that are young and, you know, unpolished. It's you got a guy now that's got 30 years of experience that has done it everywhere, college and pros. That is a huge upgrade for Boston College. And I don't care about the recruiting piece at this point. I'm just looking at 2022. And that will get that's going to be a big thing. I think he's going to be able to get this offensive line going and get these kids, four out of five of them probably haven't done much of anything at the collegiate level, up to that ACC standard. And I think he can do that. I think that's all you can ask for. Whatever he gives BC on the recruiting trail will be gravy. I mean, Matt Applebaum did a nice job of getting some solid, you know, fringy offensive linemen and um, some, you know, like Noah Clifford's a good, good recruit, but like a lot of guys can get Noah Clifford. A lot of guys can get Elijah Krashnovic, right? Those, those kind of offensive line recruits are not that hard to grab. I think DeGuglielmo, his experience will be a selling point for offensive linemen. He will be able to say, look, I have done it at the highest level. He he could he could hold out his hand and show him the two Super Bowl rings. Say, look, what other offensive line coaches can do this? That in itself will sell it. You're, I'm telling you, I'm listening to recruits talk about some of the other guys that have talk, coached at the high level. I mean, they talk about it with Halfley all the time. They've talked about it with Tem Lokabu when I, when I interview them on BC Bulletin. This is another guy that that will add that. Applebaum didn't have that 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 aspect. And so that is another upgrade there. So I'm not I'm not ready to call this a home run. As I said, his resume still has a, a little bit that left left to be desired and some of his outcomes. As a New England Patriots fan, I can remember that Broncos game when he when Brady got killed and that offensive line was oh terrible. Um but I, I'm willing to give him a chance. I think it's a it's a good hire. It's a local guy uh, with experience. Again, for a young, up and coming group of of guys that need a good coach, and I think this is this will do it. Now, in a moment, we're gonna get into all of the details of everything going on this weekend, all the news and sports that you're gonna want to know about. This is the time of the year. We've pretty much given up on all our New Year's resolutions, but not this year, because I am sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs yet? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of the best Built Bars with the best tasting everything about it. It's it's great. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. 
and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs have some fan favorites and some incredible flavors, including yum, yummy, cinnamony, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They are so good. These are going to be your new favorites. All Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and their flavor profiles are awesome. Check this out. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar. You can't even do it. It's not even fair. And their flavors are great. Mint, brownie, chocolate, uh, coconut, coconut almond, and for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think of a flavor might be good, they're going to make it. And you're going to love it too. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. This is Locked on Boston College, AJ Black. Over the weekend, Boston College basketball is heading to Syracuse in a rematch of a game Boston College lost last time against the Orange. They're going to hope to get into the winning, um, get in back into the winning ways, and hopefully they'll have Quentin Post and TJ Bickerstaff back because, good lord, they cannot go into another game with two da- two of their bigs down like that. Those are they're so thin at that position that they have to have them back, especially against Syracuse. Who I'm not going to get really into the. Um, preview of BC and Northwest Northeastern hockey because Boston College is now on an 11 game winless streak against everyone. They haven't won in 2022. They haven't. Um, they're 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 in ninth place. Last time I checked in Hockey East, they're missing most of their guys. I don't think McBain will be back. I know Canada just lost, but you know maybe that would be a nice shot in the arm if he's there. They could really use that offense. But uh, BC, I mean. It's bad. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about the hockey team. They're just they're they're a really tough product to 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 watch right now. And as I said before, like it's not just this year. They they've been disappointing for a while now. Like it feels like they haven't been elite in years. And you have teams like UMass, UMass Lowell, Northeastern, Providence, kind of lapping Boston College right now. And I don't know what Jerry York needs to do. But whatever he's doing right now isn't working. So that'll be something. There's a home-and-home between Northeastern and BC this weekend. And a little last news nugget of the week. It doesn't really have to do with BC in particular, but it was was about a few things to do with the Big Ten. First of all, I didn't mention it the other day, but uh, the Big Ten basically just shot down that the Alliance uh, scheduling... Remember the Alliance? That's the Big Ten, Pac-12, and ACC. It was that non-legal bindings uh, waste of time that was created back in August that was supposed to um, rival the SEC. And so far, nothing has happened from it. And based off the news this week, other than maybe like a Title IX uh, celebration, nothing else is going to happen. Because um, the the commissioner of the Big Ten said that they're not going to do anything schedule-wise. So that's fun. Uh, The three conferences will now have to battle the SEC on their own. But the news gets worse for the ACC because on Thursday, front office sports said that NBC is preparing to make a major push for the media rights to big 10 sports. The conference could reportedly command fees up to $1.1 billion. Give you some context. They are currently in a deal with Fox. That is uh, for $2.64 billion for six years. And that pays $440 million annually to the members' leagues. So this would more almost triple the amount of money the Big Ten gets. And to give you some context on how far off the ACC is, currently the ACC makes 
$240 million a year. That is about a fifth above what the Big Ten is about to make off of their deal with Fox, uh, with NBC, excuse me. So you can see that this could put the Big Ten at a whole other pla- uh, other level. You could have the SEC, you could have the Big Ten, and then you could have all the other pro- um, uh, conferences, the Big 12, the Pac-12, the G5s. They're all going to be at a different level. So this really puts the conference at a huge disadvantage. And the, the tough part for the ACC is that they are locked in until 2036. Now, I'm sure Jim Phillips would love to get that contract ripped up. But I'm also sure that ESPN's going to go, ah, 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 this is way too good for us. We have the ACC network. We have all these other things. But, you know, that's what lawyers are for. That's what, you know, finding loopholes is all about. So the ACC's got to figure a way out. Whether that's bringing in another marquee program that helps bring uh, the, you know, rip up that contract so they can get a new deal. They got to figure something out though, because they're in big trouble. Now this is only conjecture at this point. They haven't signed the deal yet. You know, uh, big 10 is still currently under our contract until next year with Fox. So we'll have to wait and see, but it's definitely something worth keeping an eye on as the economics of college football continue to change. Thank you all for listening on Monday's show. We're going to recap BC and Syracuse, get into all the goodies from over the weekend. Hope you all have an enjoyable weekend. You can follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. Make sure to follow us on YouTube. Find Locked on BC there and just hit that subscribe button. Thank you all who have done that this week. And we'll see you all again soon. Take care, everyone.